What are you anticipating seeing, you know, amongst the New Zealand teams, given you've, you've given all that about the All Blacks? Oh, just so many good young players, mate. I don't know how you do it there. Oh, I do, because you've got three of the biggest uh, academies in the world. Fiji, Samara and Tonga. They're not bad. Oh, we were waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Uh, hello and welcome to another Dropped Kickoff podcast. Uh, well, um, that that weekend was something, um, and this weekend will probably also be a bit disappointing. But as always, I'm joined by uh, Nick and Nathan. Boys, how are we today? Yeah, look, I mean, better after the weekend we've just had. Like, you know, only ways up. I feel like we pretty much hit rock bottom. Outside, you know, speaking as a world, the Waratahs fan, the Brumbies fan, he's also on this call might feel different. But yeah, I, look, the only ways up. That's the that's the only thing I'm going to say on that. Jesus Christ, what a weekend! I thought it was depressing. How interesting is it that, like, you know, not to make it all about me for a moment, but like the moment that I start a new job, the rugby goes to shit. Like, that's just it, it must. There must be a correlation. There must be a correlation. But no, um, uh, disagree. It's been shit for the last eight years. But yeah, no. speaking <laughs> of shit, um, we'll get to the Waratahs later. But uh, first, we'll just go through the games as they happened last week. So Blues beat the Highlanders. Do we have anything to say? Highlanders had a chance to get in the top eight, as we discussed in our pod last week, but they lost to the Blues, which kind of, well, they weren't going anywhere anyway because they were going to always play, or always stay in third or fourth, sorry. Any comments on this game? Well, I'm just happy that the, uh, I'm just going to say, it's, it, this is the one the one silver lining of the weekend, and I think, Nathan, you probably agree on this one, in that the Highlanders didn't make finals. Thank God. I, if there were five I, Kiwi yeah. teams in the finals again, I would have bloody topped myself because the Highlanders have not been playing well. <laughs> no, like it's it honestly, if the Highlanders had made it, that would have been a real shame. In terms of they have not they've not played as you said, they have been horrific this year. You know. Should have lost multiple games against against the Australian side, so they just kind of found a way to sneak in. I mean, they should be so much better with the team they have, but they just sucked. And you know what? Credit to the Blues for for knocking him out. Yeah, awesome. Um, Brumbies Rebels. So, Nick, you're a Brumbies fan. I didn't get to see this game, but what do you think of it? Um, well, I mean, an Aussie team won, so that's nice. Uh, but, I mean, I would call it a return to... F- I wouldn't necessarily call it, like, um, a return to form by the Brumbies, but I will say that I think it was a return to focus. Um I think the real thing that has that came out of the previous two games with the Force and the, and the Chiefs um, was just a real uh, drifting away from the game plan, lack of trusting in the system and the structure, um, and then kind of uh, hitting the panic button when it was clear that the opposition had done their homework um, and not resorting to plan B or C. This time it did actually feel like they were in control. I wouldn't necessarily say they executed perfectly, but, you know, considering it's it's been two weeks of pretty middling performances from the Brumbies. Um, to just see them trust the system uh, was probably the most uh, positive thing to take out of it because that's probably what you need more than anything going into semifinals. Um, the Rebels, just inconsistency again. It just felt like, I mean, they were competitive. They were up to up for the physicality of the contest and they were definitely in it. But, um, yeah, just, it just didn't feel like they were going to... There was you know, there, was that, there was that brief moment when they were leading in the game. Um, but yeah, it 
once that second half kicked off, I just had a feeling that they were going to fall off the pace, and they did again. It was disappointing. Yeah, it sounds like a cut and paste from every other week we've talked about them. But uh, <laughs> Nathan, Brumbies aren't looking too flash. Not exactly, but they're getting the job done. I mean, they'll get Noah and James Slipper back this week. Um, I think they sort of alluded to. They just started clicking that second half. They just worked their way into the game, kind of had to deal with some really good on-ballers in Hardwick and Brad Wilkin kind of found a way to negate their skill. And then you had guys like your Tom Wrights, your Lenny Cattells, Troy Tool when he was on the field. Like these guys just really just opened the game up and blew them out. Like it wasn't pretty, but you know what? It was effective. And probably, yeah, as kind of Nick said, slowly getting to the sort of Brumbies of old, or Brumbies before this kind of three-week blip. Yeah, yeah, cool. So next week they'll play the Brumbies and Hurricanes. That will be the last game on Saturday. Uh, I think regular slot is 7.45pm, official Super Rugby time. Um, uh, Nathan, I'll stick with you. Uh, Drua versus Red. So we forecasted before the the finals that this was really kind of a crunch match. And that's how it turned out. I think the Reds were always going to get in the finals. Unless the, uh, the Highlanders won, which they didn't. Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk about this one. Um, I think Reds have lost three in a row. Goodness me, this was a really bad game for the Reds. Far out. Where, where did he start? They looked intimidated by the, the whole super, super energy and crowd. They never really showed up. They were, you know, any of their star power just kind of got negated by a rampage in Fiji. And you know what? Credit to the draw. They played incredible. They just, they put the Reds off their game. They, again, just killed them on the outside. I'm, I'm still of the belief, I don't know what it is. Side note, that camera angle they used for Suva, I generally think just makes the game faster. I don't know what it is. But as soon as they run the ball, they just look so much quicker. The game just <laughs> actually looks like it's at pace. Yeah, it's not. It. It's not up way back in the stands. It's just kind of uh, it some might dude just be build a scaffold and put his camera on top of it. Like it's on an angle, kind of looking up. It, I don't know what it is. It just seems to make everything make him quicker. I love yeah. it. But I mean, that could be the draw themselves because there's just weapons everywhere. And you know what? Fair credit to Mick Byrne for getting the side into a finals. In what their second year, like. You compare that to Moana, like, fair, fair play to the bike. That's a great achievement. Yeah. Uh, Nick, do you have anything to say? Not just compare it to Moana. Compare it to the Rebels and the Force. They haven't managed that in nearly two decades. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeez. 14, okay, I counted it. 14 seasons for the Force, 11 seasons for the Melbourne Rebels. Neither of them have ever made it to Super Rugby Finals. Drew do it in two, which says all that you need to, which really says everything in terms of just how good fantastic this draw side have been at home real interesting game and i i got swept up in just the sheer delight of seeing how of just how enthusiastic this draw side were um clearly they they saw an opportunity and they took it they absolutely took it they went for it and i think uh and they absolutely absolutely deserved it they absolutely deserved to make uh, to make this uh, to make finals and a special shout out um, was the captain uh, post game, uh, Meli Deranalgi, which I, I probably have completely butchered that name. But regardless, um, he shouted out Mick Byrne, um, who actually had lost his dad earlier that week as well. And that they basically were galvanized. They said that we, we've been really trying to build this club around family and family connection. And that extends to our coach. Um, we just were really motivated to go out and play for him. And 
which I think it, it showed. These guys looked fantastic. There was essentially a breaking down of that structure of the of the Queensland Reds. And from the moment they broke down the structure, which is just what Fijians do, they just were allowed to run that running rugby style. And when they get on top, they stay on top. Well-deserved. Well Paul McBurn. Actually, just kind of a shout-out to McBurn. He's got had such a crazy story. He played AFL and now he's coaching rugby. Um, that's just so kind of weird. Um, so the next game on Saturday, uh, Hurricane and Crusaders. Anything to say? This was like, it was on paper, it looked like a good game. Um, and I saw Dan Coles got angry. Some dude uh, started a fight again. Um, That's Cody Taylor. That's just a little love tap. That's fine. And do you know what the best part was? Post game, they then went off and tried to have a joking. Let, let's actually fight now, and uh, just just to highlight how how ridiculous it was. They're two I, shit houses. I love it. Yeah, I saw some posts which was like, "Oh, I love rugby." You know, it's all like we're friends at the end of the game, and it had, I guess, those two stills from when they actual fighting to the end. And I just wanted to say, I really hated that. I think it was rugby pass. I really hated it. No, um, gee, uh, <laughs> wonder who, who posted that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. Was it? Yeah, uh, rug, rugby in the chat, rugby in the pushing of progress uh, of its of its values. Was sometimes. that you, too... Nathan, on rugby pass? <laughs> that, was, that was not. That was not me. That was just that was the social agency that ran rugby. <laughs> oh, I hated it. I hated it. Um, <laughs> I'll pass back the feedback. <laughs> I hate that rugby that rugby chat oh rugby's so different. It's like man, like it's shut up. It's so annoying. Yeah, no, rugby tooting its own its own horn about uh, about its values. Sometimes it gets real cringy. It does, just... man. It does. It's like the New South Wales Premier posting about Melbourne again. Oh, it's just like shut <laughs> up. And actually what was the other thing? I think what should be posted is um what's his name? Uh the guy from the Chiefs, Damien McKenzie signing autographs. It always a it's a class act. I like Dan McKenzie. It's I am would take him, take him. He's doesn't fit in with the Kiwis. He's actually a good bloke. Yeah, nice, <laughs> he's actually like he's, he's funny. He's just one of those dudes who unfortunately is just a bit too small for international rugby. Because when the Chiefs were playing the Waratahs earlier this year, every time he got tackled, he didn't get tackled. He got smacked. You know, he is just not made of much. But um, well, to be honest, he's probably he's got gotten used to. Yeah. yeah, he's gotten used. He's probably just gotten used to it, and he just gets back up and goes again. That's yeah, just yeah, yeah. the way that he is. It, Going back to this game, though, I feel like we've kind of look, we got sidetracked once again. Yeah, but, that's good. That's what we want. That's a bit of I know, chat. but but I but I also want to shout out how good this game was. I probably think this was the game of the round, Nathan. If you you might disagree with me on that one, but um, this like seeing the the. It just look, I appreciate any moment when the Crusaders lose. I think the, the vast majority of all Super Rugby fans appreciate when the Crusaders lose. And just this, the Hurricanes in this second half were phenomenal. They, I mean, they held the ball incredibly well. I feel like the possession for the second half was like 72% to the Canes. And they just and they just hounded this line again and again and again. Of course, it's a it's a you know credit to the set to the Crusaders' defense, but you can when you when you only get twenty five percent of the ball, you can only hold on for so long eventually. Um, and yeah, they they absolutely deserved this game. It was really fantastic, and also in front of a good crowd at the Cake Tin. I mean, it's an incredible game from Hurricanes. Fair play from just the to stay in the fight and end up just blowing out the Crusaders. They're they're a real dark horse. I'm like you know they're. Gonna go down to ACT full of momentum after that win. Um, and if they can knock off the Brumbies, you know they 
they've got the talent that can really kind of go deep in this final. So they're going to be an interesting team to watch. My, my question, though, is, Nathan, or Nick, indeed, uh, do we actually think, part of me was thinking, because of the high-intensity nature of this match, might this play into the Brumbies' favour a bit? Because really, they beat the snot out of each other. For that, for that whole, for that whole contest, or do you think it is actually a momentum, a momentum builder? That's a fair point, actually. Like I don't you consider how like, they're run home as well. The, the Hurricanes, you have a tough win like that coming, and then for that lost the Blues. For that, a tough game against the Chiefs. They haven't exactly had a time to really kind of refresh and relax. And I mean, even you go back to the loss to um, Fijian Drill a couple of weeks before that as well. Like they've been. Properly playing at their max probably for a month now. When you, you can argue the Brummies have been at the complete opposite level, given the way they kind of limped limped over the line, not didn't limp over the line, but kind of limped into that game in Perth and couldn't really back up against the Chiefs. You know, they could be walking in pretty pretty overdone. But it's one of those things, finals generally gives you sort of that extra leg, that extra kind of kick in energy. So I don't know. We're just gonna have to wait and see. But yeah, it's a it's a very good point. Um, interesting. Not that we want to talk about Kiwi rugby for too much longer. So I'll move on to the Tars, who lost to Moana. Um, fancy, fancy, yeah, icon, your hero, one of the freaks of Australian rugby, his last game at home, and you play like absolute dog shit against the crab juice of the competition who haven't won a game all year. I think you're showing oh, a bit of disrespect God. to Tolu, aren't you there? Like, come on, he is one of the best, but you've got to, you've got to. I'm just oh, celebrating yeah, the fact that the man got on the field too, and yeah. scored a try. I, I, we, oh, yeah, I, get, yeah. I know we'll eventually talk about Michael Hooper, but as the greatest, it's important to recognize the contributions that Tolu made in that game. Yeah, yeah, he knows he's recognized. <laughs> Sorry, knows, Nathan. He, I does, he doesn't need to be told. He doesn't need to be told. He knows. He knows. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Why do you start with a game like this? Holy shit! I thought um, you were reacting to what I said, but I thought what I said was completely fair. <laughs> no, yours is completely like okay. This is a team that considered the first seven penalties, missed touch with kicks, made very silly mistakes at the back, um, fell off tackles, just didn't seem to work. It was so unwarranted, like it wasn't funny. Yet, as you say. When you consider the second biggest crowd, Michael Hooper's last game at home, you then realize how Waratah it was. Like, the problem is, and this has been a problem that Waratah's had for a while, is they get themselves in a position where they play teams they should smack and they play down to competition. And, you know, what was that game in Newcastle that got beat? Was it beat by the Sunwolves or something like that? Yeah, Southern, yeah. And, uh, was and it Sunwolves or Southern Kings? It was one of them. They might have got beat by, beat by both, to be honest. Like, they got beat by the Cheaters as well, I think. Four or five years ago, like they're just—that's the problem with them. There's that they've got this mentality that they've just got this—they've got elite talent and you know all these wallabies, but just perform down. Just can't you know? All of a sudden, you know, have a game plan in place and just steer away from it, thinking they can just run over teams. Problem is, Moana is such a physical dominant team when it comes to that sort of contact area. If you're not winning that, you're not going to dominate a game. You're not going to—you're going to be always coming from behind and. Yeah, they they pay the price for it, and all of a sudden you go into this week thinking, um, why? Like, why should? As speaking from a fan's perspective, why should they have confidence that they're going to beat the Blues this week when they couldn't beat Moana? It'd be an incredible comeback if they do, but why should they have this confidence? Mm, yeah, it's very much. Um, yeah, you know, at the worst of times, 
you just get the sense of the Waratahs where it's just they're super, super secure. You know, oh, you know, I live in Pattington, I live in Coogee, I live in Clovelly, walk down to work, get paid mozza, and then at the end of the year, you know, I'm going to get picked for the uh, Wallabies and fly to France and England and ah, whatever. Um, and these kind of games, like you've got that sense and that feeling, and you can't really say it. You can't pin it on, but then you watch these games, and it's just, yeah, it's it's kind of soul destroying. It's it's and it's soul destroying in a way that you know, when the Wallabies used to lose the the All Blacks forty to five, you know that was soul destroying. But that was actually because the All Blacks were really good. But it's like with the Waratahs, they don't give a shit. Um, it's really who was that Compl- guy, Jack, whatever his name is, who 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 wrote the angry comment, and then Checker rang him up. Um, that dude, or the angry dude on YouTube, you know, it's that. <laughs> Which one? I feel like there's so many now. <laughs> you know that angry dude on YouTube who did the Brumbies rant or the Wallabies rant? You know, I think it was the one after the Scotland loss. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know the one you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I subscribed to him on YouTube. It, I think I've subscribed to him on Twitter. Him like, he is out there, hang on. Um, but yeah, it's just so disappointing. It's just so... It's a, it's, I think it was a simple case of, of absolute utter complacency. Um, that is the, what, like the only excuse you can, you can give to it. Just a clear, the, the only thing I can think of is, is that they just assumed that this game was going to be an easy, easy game for them. That we're going to coast on this one, which first of all, I think if you're coming into a game like that, it's your last game for one of the greatest, let's be honest, one of the the greatest players ever to wear the jersey, um, wear the gold jersey. Um, surely you'd want to, to rally to give him a good performance, to send him off properly. Mm. But also just, like, the, the, this game, yes, there's a, a potential, you're playing the lowest t- ranked team in the comp, but there's momentum to to consider. There is uh, making sure that your there's cohesion to consider. Um, you've just come off a big, massive loss to the Crusaders, so you need to make sure that you're in a good a, a good a good bounce back from that. This game is incredibly important, and they played like that it just wasn't. But also, I think there's a cre- credit must be also given to Moana because. They just played like they had absolutely nothing to lose. And they did. They had absolutely nothing to lose. The season was a write-off. I've been in a situation like that myself where the season's been crap. You don't give a crap anymore. And you're just like, well, I'm just going to go and play for the fun of it. And weirdly enough, you then produce the performance of your season because you're not overthinking it. It's You're not worrying about... Uh, the context of the wider season and thinking about, and that doesn't play into your decision-making on the field. You're just playing. And I think that is probably what led to Moana just looking so good, so on the ball, so aggressive when with ball in hand and showcasing the weapons, uh, particularly, uh, you know, in those loose forwards that I think uh, we knew that they had, but just hadn't had the chance to really click and show it yet. So, Moana had nothing to lose, and it was a, it was a simple case of David and Goliath, and David just took the hit and knocked it out. And in all honesty, it, it is the most tar thing. Of course, they completely lost it. Also, in front of um, all the, all of the kids as well. It was it was a, the the actual theme of the night. Um, 
being like, I think it was a community community round um, or rugby, local rugby round, which I, I believe we, I saw some tweets from, uh, from Peter, which was also a little bit concerning because all of those kids had to go through a tunnel and apparently that was actually quite distressing for some of the kids as well, um, which I've heard about. But again, all of those kids there, Tars could have put a performance, should have put a, a strong performance together. Um, not only that, just but also just to see off hoops. And yeah. it is the most task performance I've ever seen. All right. Well, it says, let's wind back a bit on that and we can get to those tweets, um, a bit after. But, and actually, so Nathan, I want to ask you this, but, but Nick, what you were saying about, um, Moana and actually playing, but Nathan, do you think they actually think they can beat the Blues? You've got to have that belief. And, you know, on paper, they've got a team to match them. Like, I'm sort of speaking, things a couple of guys at the press conference today, their whole theme is just focusing on, hey, let's we got to park what happened last week. Let's focus on what we can do well. Let's build our confidence back and say, hey, on our day, we can match it with teams. And, you know, with, with the Wallabies coming through that team with, you know, Lalakai Fiketti back as well, you know, sure, they're going to be missing a couple of people in Johnson Holmes and Jake Gordon, but there's still talent to really go over there and give the Blues a crack. Like, it's... It's just you got to find that belief. That's it. Like yeah. you just got to be real. You just be up to the contest and ready to go. Yeah, it's it's there in potential terms, but I just I don't know. I I don't know how you can pull in a performance like that and then um kind of go, oh yeah, we're going to play the Blues. And that's anyway. it. Like you just yeah, you just don't have that kind of belief as a fan to be like, you know what, this this is the time they go deep. Anyway, uh, finally we've got Force Chiefs. Um. Force got smacked at home. I, I feel they had a pretty good crowd. Uh, I think that's right, Nathan. One of the biggest. Yeah, I think it's their biggest this year. Um, and sure enough, just didn't go to plan for them. They got blown out by a B, B grade. Not B grade. That's that's pretty harsh to say. But a highly rotated chief side that just kind of <laughs> put them to the sword in the first twenty minutes, and they never really recovered. Which is again a real shame because, like, the force controlled their destiny. They didn't have to. Do what they did last year and rely on results to go their way. Like they, all they had to do was, in the end, win one of their last two games, and it just fell apart at the wrong wrong time for them. Which mm-hmm. is a real shame because you know, they really took a nice step forward this year. You know, yeah. they've looked good, and they're only going to get better with Nick White going over as well. So, I think it's it's disappointing, but a good step in terms of season wise, a good step forward. I mean, they had a slightly fortunate draw in that they played the worst New Zealand team twice. Um, True. And I, I, look, I can't remember what that meant for them. They only played one other New Zealand team, maybe. I can't remember. Um, but, um, yeah, it's a shame. It's actually, they did really well uh, this season, even considering, you know, the, the ragtag nature of their squad. Half, like, you know, some of their key players came over from Wasps um, after they collapsed in, 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 sh- in a short notice and... Um, yeah, the, compared to the Reds and the Waratahs, who have much better rosters, they did really well. Or even the Rebels, you could argue. Um, but anyway, that that that's it. So uh, the playoffs are kind of set in stone now. We've probably mentioned a bit of them, but again, we'll go through these uh, chronologically very quickly. So Friday, there's one game: Blues and Tars. Probably say the Blues going to win that one. Is there anything to add that we haven't said? I don't think so. We probably covered it most in the Tars game. So 
first game of Saturday, Chiefs Reds. So you know, people will be going on about the narrative that Reds beat the Chiefs, but can't see the Reds doing that again. It would be great if they just fig- they fit the only team to figure out how to play the Chiefs. Um, oh, that that would be awesome. <laughs> that yeah. would be incredible. Uh, Nick, uh, do you have anything? Only really that. It's it's probably the most Reds... It would be a particularly Reds thing to do to, like, lose the way they have in the last few weeks and then suddenly come out of nowhere and produce a, a big, massive performance like that against the Chiefs. But pers- I, I think that the Chiefs are going to probably be a bit more, because of, because of, the, of the nature of that loss, are probably going to be even more wary now. Um, and I don't think we're going to see a repeat of that. Um, just because if there's, if there's one thing that that draw game taught was that when placed under pressure, the Reds stay, uh, strayed from structure and, uh, it punished them as a result. And if there's one thing that the Chiefs have also been doing this year that is very good is that through their ability with their game plan, they have shown that they can check, they can break down opposition structure. So I, I don't see this game going any other way than a Chiefs win right now. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, right. agreed. Um, Crusaders drew us, so this would be the reverse fixture, which the draw won. Um, but obviously in Fiji, um, I mean, all the best for the draw, but I can't see them doing it at home in Christchurch personally. Nathan, what do you think? Uh, tender gray, like the Crusaders, man, that the loss that they need to have that type of mentality. Um, yeah, look, the draw have been great at home. The problem is it's never really translated away from Suva or Lakatova. So, yeah, I think Crusade is too strong. See, I don't know. Okay. I don't okay, know. Okay. I don't like. Um, it's yes, it's yes, it's the Crusaders, and yes, it's Christchurch, and yes, it's like it's the hard, it's it's statistically probably the hardest place to win in all of Super Rugby. I get it, but. Of all of the clashes that I think are, are going to be most interesting to watch, you know, this falls into the camp uh, of one of those ones where it would, God, it would just be good. God, it would just be good. Like, the Drua have been just such a joy to watch this year. It would make my bloody day if they knocked off the Crusaders in Christchurch and made it to semis. It would make my day. And also considering that, it, again, it's only year two for them, and I think that we could be staring down the barrel of them winning this comp in the next three or four years, considering their growth. Um, how good would it be? Just I'm just, just, I'm just living in that dream for a moment. I'm living in that space. Uh, I'm on that ship. Uh, and I am just gonna be there for a moment and just enjoy it because it would be it would be a sweet sweet result. Awesome. But I think the Crusaders are gonna win. Uh, it drew as a type of ship, by the way. Yeah. Did you see what I did there? Yeah. Oh, yeah it was yeah. like a yeah. yeah. <laughs> Went straight over my head. I'll tell you that. It's like an it's outrigger outrigger canoe. Anyway, um, and then finally, uh, well, probably the tightest match four v five is Brumbies at home to the Hurricanes in the Australian home semi. Oh my goodness! Do we do we need a Brumbies win here? Jesus Christ! Nick, do like, we need we... a Brumbies win? Absolutely, we need a Brumbies win. Okay, okay Nick, like, you got uh... your answer. Continue on. <laughs> <laughs> we do need a Brumbies win here because uh, how depressing would it be if three of the four teams that would be knocked out of 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 quarterfinals would be all the Australian sides? How, I I 
Things... I, I mean, not you know, not unlikely at the start of the season. No, but I could stomach. I can. His. I, I can stomach us making it to semis and being on the same level as we were last year, which is basically where we're at right now. Um, if we get knocked out in quarters, in quarters, just fuck me. No, <laughs> no, I refuse to accept that. People let's, will. Let's riot. look. Look on the bright side. If it happens, then we have an extra week to, to have it. The Wallabies all in camp. Extra week from the Kiwis. They can bash each other up while we're sitting back in camp. Like, you gotta, you gotta think of the positives here. So you're saying the Brumbies could potentially be holding back the Wallabies. The That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yes. yeah. Sounds about right. Those uh, bloody Brumbies can't fall in line. Um, so last oh. time they played, it was 32-27 in, in Wellington. Um, did the Brumbies, no, did they have injuries? I can't remember that game. Was that the, that was the game no, where I think... scored two tries, right? Yeah, yeah, I think they had like one or two players out, but it was uh, close to a, a real, pretty close to a full strength side. Um, I don't think they played very well though, by recollection. Um, it was most of their, their, I think the only thing that really stood out to me in that particular game was just how good they were on counter attack. And it's funny, actually, Brett McKay did a, did a, a, has talked about this a little, that he thinks that the kind of the key differences in terms of the Australian sides that are progressing and the Australian sides that aren't is just that ability to uh, to turn quick uh, quick ball turnover into into effective counterattack. And the Brumbies have shown that. Um, I think obviously it, it, playing in Wellington is one thing, playing in Canberra is another, um, which. Uh, I think will will be a determining factor there, um, but you know I do think it's going to be a close, a pretty close, uh, close game. So I've been to Canberra. Like I'm looking at the forecast. What like what to expect from Canberra is? I reckon it's probably going to be about two or three degrees around kickoff time. Sure, sorry, more, more like five degrees. Sorry, you're going to need a bit of short sleep, Jace. Um, the best weather. The best weather. Disagree, but outrageous opinion. Yes, continue. Now. That is. But I mean, that's conforms to the Brumbies' hands. Like, I think they they enjoy it. You know, hopefully they can get a big crowd as well. Um, but yeah, no, this this it's non-negotiable. This this the game just have to win. We can't can't afford from a Australian rugby perspective, as Nick said, we can't afford to have four Kiwi teams in in the semi-finals. Need some representation, and the Brumbies have to be it. That's it's just it. Moving on. Uh, before we get on to finals, before I mean the the big news story of Nathan having a new big boss. Um, Rob Penny, former Waratahs coach, who got hired um, by that Kiwi CEO who then pissed off about a month later to go to the Blues. Then Andrew got Hall. his pay cut. Yeah, Andrew Hall. And then Penny got his pay cut and then because COVID happened. And then it wasn't kind of clear if he'd get his pay back uh, and then kind of quit because Waratahs was shit. Has now got a job with the Crusaders. I think it kind of shows just how renowned he is in, in Canterbury. Um, because, yeah, as, as someone who watched the Waratahs, I think, win 25% of the games during his period. Mm-hmm. Like, I apparently went to Japan as well, didn't, hasn't set the world on fire there. So he must, like, he must just thrive in that Crusaders environment. He must just get in there and, you know, be able to, you know, speak the type of language and play the type of rugby they want to go forward. Because goodness me, he hasn't really done much in the last five ten years. So there's not much there. Um, yeah, but you know, it might be the environment itself. 
Factually, Nathan, you were wrong. It wasn't 25%. It was 26.32%. Oh, shit. Sorry. No, no he's well better than shit. Yeah, no, yeah. no, um, no. He did only coach 19 games, though. So Darren Coleman's almost coached as much as he has. Um, just, just watch yes. him carve up. That's what I think. Just like this is just as the logic dictates. Um, also, also by the fact that unlike in during his time when he was coach of the Waratahs, the whole the whole system was kaput, kaput, cooked, fucked all over the place. Um, he's got the backing of you know the best program in New Zealand, mm. pretty much. So, I mean, if you if <laughs> Under that level, at least making finals is considered a is is considered just a just a standard pass mark. That's your da- that's your normal day of the week. So I think he'll carve up. He'll do all right. Um, yeah. So it's kind of um, it's all very interesting experiment and insight into the importance of the system backing it up. Like a coach is, of course, a key part, but not the only part. Um, so it will be interesting to see how it goes. Um, because it just seems that the, whatever they've perfected the magic down there in uh, Christchurch. The other thing, and this is kind of more for you, Nathan, because I'm assuming you would have the insight. Um, Nick, you might be able to say something on this, but um, or Moa, who plays for Moa, Moana Pacifica, he's their outside centre and he's huge. So this chat that he's going down to the Crusaders next year, um, he's yeah, kind of their science. best player by far. And apparently the Rebels offered him a lot more money than the Crusaders to try to make him become a Wallaby. That's what it says in the news article. I think it was Paul Cully. I'm not sure. Can't quote me on that. Um, but what are your kind of thoughts? Paul Cully said, oh, he's going to become an All Black. Well, if that's the case, then it's kind of weird that the All Blacks have set up the sixth team ostensibly for Pacific Islanders and is going to post the best people. And then honestly, if you were, you know, I know, half Kiwi, half Tongan, why wouldn't you want to play for the All Blacks? It's just pay a lot more money in it, not to mention the glory. But yeah, what do we think about this? I, to, if at all, to answer answer your first question, um, so he's and he's eligible. He's one of those weird ones. Went to school in um, in Brizzy. Played again. Apparently, was on Brisbane City's roster. At oh, NRC. Didn't even realize that. <laughs> learn, learn something every day. Um, and is also of Samoan and Fijian heritage. But I mean. I, I honestly think you raise a fair point. Like, what is the point of this six? Is the six team? You look at compare it to Fiji. You look how good they've done in terms of building a. I know it's a different example. Like, you know, there's a lot more Fijian talent they can keep kind of centralized than within server itself. But if you're being legit about the six team, you got You got to leave people like that in that in that squad. Pick still picking for the All Blacks. If you want to pick for the All Blacks, picking for the All Blacks, sure. But you got to you got to leave him in that in that environment. Because you know what? If you're a young kid and you see him go to a World Cup and all of a sudden dominate, you're going to be like, damn, I want to play with him. Let's, I'll go to Moana. Let's build something special there. Mm. But you're going to trade it like this, again, an NPC all-star team that just gets raided whenever there's, someone shows a half-decent sort of turn of form and talent. It's you, They're going to keep running last. you got to allow guys that actually have, you know, Tongan and Samoan and all this heritage to play from, you know, do essentially what the NRL, what's what's made international rugby league an, an actual thing, is have these guys come out and say, you know what, no, nah, I don't need to play for, you know, maybe someone like an Artie Savi or someone with that heritage and go, no, nah, look, I don't want to play for Hurricanes. I want to play for 
this is going to be my chance to actually represent like my Tongan or Samoan heritage. Let me, I'm going to go to Moana and make it, make that team incredible. Like that's what's going to happen to actually make this team mm. viable, not just poach them whenever they get half decent talent coming through. And I think there's talk about Christian Leolafano switching allegiances. I'm not sure who to. Um, I'm Samoa. Yeah, yeah. But back to Omar for a second. It's not a huge loss. He is only 28, so wouldn't have much left in him. Um, Nathan, what was that thing, that controversy that happened during the week? Oh, it was. I remember Harry Hooper going to Japan. No, Harry Hawkins. Uh, Harry Hawkins, yeah. Switching to Japan, yeah. Yeah, I think that was just kind of a mix up of words there. Like, I don't think he can until um, five years, something like that. So, Nick, uh, if if you were Harry Hawkins, what would it take for you to switch over to Japan? A um, couple of ideas. Would it be uh, you, you like you get to feature in the next like in Death Stranding two, next Hideo Kojima game? Um, a voice. I want a on... new Nintendo Switch. Um, oh yeah, that's with the new yeah, Zelda. Yeah, yeah. yeah I want yeah. I, I want first I want first dibs on like the next four or five Zelda games and also the next version of Mario Kart so I can get like really good at all of the mechanics and fuck all over all the people who I try who try to play with or, me. Or like the next Zelda game, like instead of Ocarina of Time, it's got something to do with hocking in it. The yeah, Hocarina of Time. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Hocarina of Time, that's what I'd probably call it. Yeah. Um yeah. No, but I mean, also like I'd want to get a one of those. Like they've got apparently they've got enough of uh, vending machines in Japan that it can actually stretch stretch all the way across the Pacific Ocean. So I probably want like two or three vending machines in just in my house, and they have to pay someone to like come and restock it. Oh yeah, with oh, all yeah. the cool vending machine food. That's what yeah. would keep me there. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Um. Nathan, I guess you probably just want like one of those bed frames that's shaped like a Toyota car. Or like a Nissan Cube or something. Ooh, yeah, no, you got me there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want also one of those robot butlers as well. Give me one of those robot uh, butlers. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer a monkey just, butler if I was going to have a butler. No, but I don't think that would travel well from Japan. Like a gotta, monkey butler. Got to think of it. Got to think of it. No, you can't be it's like flying a monkey over from Japan to Australia. I'm, I'm Harry Hocking. I'm ringing up Phil War. Hey Phil, put me on the put me on the phone to Albert. Albert, I want a monkey. I don't want to be Johnny yeah. Depp. I want a fucking plane and a chimp. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> just uh, I've got a top hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just use I'm my trackers contacts at the well. Japanese embassy. I think I think the only, I think we've we've now established that the only thing that will, will, will the only the, the main thing that is probably keeping Harry over in Japan is probably what what is actually keeping him there, which is the money. Let's call oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. the money. Uh, Anyone that kind of has spoken about his form as well, I've said he's actually playing incredible over there. So I would love him, love him to come back to Australia. You know, maybe try and get in for a Lions tour in twenty-five. I don't know how long his contract is to be honest, but um, but him and Isaac Lucas, if we can get those two back, yes, please. Like, just surely there's a club that can take at least one of them, just kind of to bolster their squad. You know, maybe Rebels or something like that. It's got yeah. enough ex-Reds players down there. Why not uh, add one more? I'd like to see Tolly to go over. And be given the prominence. Well, he'd just become king. Yeah, he would just become king. New emperor. New emperor. Emperor Tolu. Like, it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, moving on. So, Nick, you've got a new job. um, And at your new job, you're going to write a blog about the new Rugby Australia CEO, uh, Phil Wall. And in your blog, at your new job, 
you were going to write ideas about what he should change. I'm mm. going to give you a suggestion. You can talk about yours. Uh, but I think the first suggestion, based on the Japanese club chat, which may or may not make the cut, is that I think Rugby Australia should buy a Japanese club or set up like a strategic partnership. And it'd be like, if you play for this club and you'll still get some of your Wallaby top-ups, and I think Japanese clubs can only have a certain amount of foreigners or whatever, you know, some, something like that. What do you reckon about that suggestion? Well, it's certainly something they've dabbled in before. I believe the Rebels had a partnership with a couple of uh, of Japanese with a with a, with the Japanese club back in uh, back in like early days Rebels time. They, the, I think they believe they had a hooker uh, um, or who came down and played, and he was really really good. Um, he was a Japanese the Japanese hooker. Oh um, yeah, that dude. Um, he was actually played in the team. Shota Hori. Yeah, Shota Hori. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and he was fantastic. And I think that there, there, they was there was strategic partnerships that were in place there that I think uh, should be reopened up again um, in terms of just general discussion and stuff. But yeah, so I have a new job, um, yeah. and <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. a new job. And in the new job uh, today, uh, I discovered while at my new job that Rugby Australia have a have a new CEO, um, and. It was just, it was fascinating to examine. All of that talk uh, that we've been hearing for a little while, I mean, I think uh, Hamish basically described it as, as the worst kept secret. Um, I mean, we, we've known for a while, like Phil's name has been thrown out there forever. Um, and I mean, he's been on the, he's been on the board for since 2018 as a non-executive director, um, in addition to working at every other place, every other banking place under the sun. So it does uh, make sense. Uh, 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 uh. He went to the same school. That's the most important part. That's where I'm not sure about that. Ends. Are you sure? Are you I sure? No, I don't know. He went to Shaw. Who cares? I don't know. You sure have got to work out uh, your facts, Mr. Hartman, because I'm not sure that's the case. I, I am Joey King. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, goodness, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, look, you're it's, Barker it... up the wrong tray. <laughs> hey, <laughs> oh, that was a good one. That made me laugh. Thank you, Nathan. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it, I mean, there is uh, like that the, the obvi- ob- obvious question of job for, jobs for the boys naturally will come out uh, of this discussion. But um, essentially, with this this article. Um, I've kind of just penned it as an open letter to him to just say, please don't fuck this up. <laughs> just please don't. <laughs> That's because it's because we are actually staring down the barrel of a really positive time for our game. Um, we in, in that we will ha- finally have the cash flow and the resources to uh, to achieve and enact on a lot of things that we have been wanting to try and do. Um, and so there is uh, and. I just I w- hope that some of the things that I suggest to him, m- namely, uh, he, he did talk about it a little bit in in the press conference um, that he did when he was announced about uh, addressing grassroots being a priority. Um, even though pretty much every CEO has said that, but it sounds like he's especially passionate about that, um, and also trying to really develop and streamline and have a clear sense of how those pathways work. Um, being one of his key goals. And that was something that I, um, of course, everyone bloody knows at this point, I'm extremely passionate about. Um, there's, there's competitions out there, may have heard of them, 
may may have had a toast rack being competed for. Um, there is a merit there for us to to fill that gap. But also things like professional making uh, coming up with a strategic plan to completely professionalize the women's game. Um, because I know that there is, you know, everyone is looking at that 2029 World Cup as a goal for the Wallaroos to win and also a 2025 deadline to have the Wallaroos completely professionalized. Um, it's going to have to be more than just the Wallaroos professionalized if they want to win that World Cup. Um, there's going to have to be an entire structure in place. Um, and then also just a structure around the one other thing that I, that also stuck out to me, and this will be my final point is that he talked a lot about community and the ocean, the notion of that rugby sports and rugby clubs are community spaces. And I think everyone talks grassroots. They always use that buzzword. They always are like, Oh, give money to the grassroots and give money to this and give money to that. And Sometimes I actually want to ask people, well, what does grassroots look like? Because sometimes throwing money at it isn't necessarily the best way to fix the problem. So coming up with a micromanageable process to turn your clubs effectively into a uh, into a hub of the community area will hopefully be a ma- play a major factor in strengthening the union as a whole. So that was kind of some of the ideas that I threw out to him. And really the end point is just good luck. It's going to be a wild ride. Um, yeah, and, um, and I'm sure I'm speaking for Nathan when I say this, but I'm sure Nathan is, um, very impressed with, uh, Mr. Wall's CV and he's looking forward to, um, the, the improvements in culture and strategy that he will bring to Rugby Australia. Yeah. Right, I Nathan. would say, and yeah, just adding on to what Nick said, I think he spoke really well at the press conference today, kind of touched on that, uh, touched on everything from, you know, as Nick said, you know, building that connection from Clubland up, um, you know, the need for Super Rugby to innovate and come up with creative ideas, the importance of, of Japan and trying to build a relationship with them. Like he's, he kind of said all the right things. And, you know, uh, he has legitimately, you know, built a good resume for himself outside of the business, outside of the rugby field. Like he's, you know, coming from a banking background, last with the um with the nab, like he's legitimately gone through and, you know, worked his way up the ranks without just being this, you know, token rugby guy that gets thrown around. Like he's, he's done the work. So it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of attacks his challenge. Cause yeah, as Nick said, he's, he has to succeed. Like it's such a too important, too important of a period for him not to. So yeah. Yeah. I wish him all the best. Um, and I'm also sure I'm speaking to Nathan here, uh, but Nathan would mind a pay rise as well. Um, so, <laughs> please, <laughs> especially with that recent interest rate rates. Anyway, um, cool. I think that's all we've got to talk about today. We went through a lot. Um, we may or may not be recording a best of 15 show tonight and also putting that out. May or may not be. Um, we hope to see you around soon. Um, lots of exciting rugby finals action this weekend. Go all the Australian teams, uh, but really, I guess, best hope is with the Brumbies. Uh, So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, I think that's a really silly question. You know, rugby's a game of 15 players on on the field. When we're attacking, we're attacking weak defenders. We're looking for weak defenders. Why would we run at the strongest defenders? So if Martin's there, and, and sorry, what's your name? Nick and Nick's there. We're not going to run a Martin, are we?
Guys, can you just send my best wishes to Warren? Make sure he enjoys the third and fourth playoff. <laughs> Back to Armour for a second. It's not a huge loss. He is only 28, so wouldn't have much left in him. Um, Nick, have you heard anything about this? Do you have a thought about this at all? Sorry, what? <laughs> all right okay moving on <laughs> no i'm sorry i was i wasn't paying attention i was uh i was looking i was reading up on a and i was actually not paying attention 